You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast with your hosts, Mike Kenny and Matt Hastings. Hello. Yeah. Glad to be here. So we're in season two, right? Episode three. So mindset and focus is what it is that we will speak about today. I think it's going to be a, you know, a good lesson. Um, so one of the things, you know, that we like to, uh, you know, consider ourselves, I'll say as warriors of the mind. So you may think, Hey, we're the warriors to send podcast. What does, you know, mindset and focus have to do with that? Well, in keeping with that, I'll say warriors of the mind concept, it's quality of thought. So some of what we'll talk about related to cognitive behavioral therapy. And then some of it, quite frankly, is just good quality of thought and argumentation. So we'll talk about some of those concepts and rubrics and, uh, you know, the intent there being to improve people's quality of thought because without proper thinking, <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily have a great yeah, life. I love so, it, man. Warriors of the mind is, that's a great title and a way to think of it too. Just you kind of constantly have to be on the battlefield a little bit. That's exactly it. So, you know, we'll start off by asking everybody. So have you ever wanted to push yourself or try something new? Would it be a stretch mm -hmm. goal or maybe take a compelling challenge or an opportunity only to stop short and play it safe for fear of failure or maybe even looking like a fool, kind of like us doing this podcast. <laughs> like, when we were like, oh, are we going to do this pod? Yeah. Oh my God, who are we? You know, but hey, you put yourself out there. Or let me ask you this. So once committed right, to taking action and embarking on such an endeavor, right? Have you ever lost focus on the objective yeah. or gotten sidelined once the impediments to your action began to present themselves, right? So in other words, the going got tough, but you didn't keep going, right? Man. So this episode, we'll discuss a few mental frameworks and mindsets to keep you mission focused. So with I mean, that, Matt, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's got to be that everybody can... Feel this. I know just coming out of the military and trying to figure out what I was going to do for a living to every day. Um, I was, I, I came up with a million ideas, man. I had a drone business. I had, you know, a brewery going to be done. <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew, I bought like five or six buildings in this little town. So I always say I bought this little town because it was a small town and wanted that to become a, a small fob. And, you know, that's a forward operating base, forward for, operating base for, for people. For those that don't know. So, you know, and that was big dreams, big, um, yeah. And, uh, it got hard and complicated and I just kind of let it go. So 
several reasons, like the fail, fear of failure, um, looking like an idiot, feeling like an idiot. Uh, you know, sometimes that failure like made me think negatively about myself. So, yeah, I mean, I can. Um, we don't in the army. We always call these the good idea fairy. <laughs> Or the good idea bomb, you know, because right, normally they for kill the fairy, <laughs> kill the, the fairy. No, 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 no good, no good ideas. But yeah, man, I think a lot of people can figure that out. Um, you know, just stop instead of keep going forward when it gets hard. I agree. I agree. There's no paucity of good ideas. So to just vector everybody in as well. And I know there's a little bit of an eye chart. So we talk about the warrior operating system, right? So we'll consider it, you know, 1.0, 2.0. We spoke in the first season really about, we'll say, 1.0 level stuff, mental health and well-being, very, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy focused, right? So this is, I'll say, bordering on the, the 2.0, a little bit more high performance. So as we've said, it, the, you know, the, the worries descend from healing to high performance. Not that this isn't relevant to, you know, people that are still on a healing journey as well, but some of this speaks to a little bit more high level. So again, just refamiliarizing people with the, with the crazy eye chart. I'm going to make it easy. So where this ties in, right? So mind, prudentia, thoughts, beliefs. So we're still kind of in that first segment, right? And I'll give us a little bit more granularity here, right? So we're going to be talking about mind, right? Prudentia, quality of thought, thoughts, beliefs, emotions, actions. And the things we'll focus on. The acronyms WHOOP, WIN, right? The growth mindset from Carol Dweck, intention, attention, and attitude. So we will explicate those points in as much as we can do in about 25 minutes or so. So we'll start with the growth mindset from Carol Dweck, right? So for those that want further, further reading, you can see the book titled Mindset by Carol Dweck, right? So in essence, what she posits, right? is that there are two theories of intelligence, right? The growth mindset and the fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset is one of innate ability. You're either born with high IQ or certain abilities, acumen, or even physical abilities for that matter. Um, and what you got is what you got. And putting yourself out there beyond a certain level is just an opportunity to be found wanting, right? So there are people with fixed mindsets where they're not going to challenge themselves because right. they really don't see the potential for growth. It's either you have it or you don't. And every opportunity, you know, wherein you put yourself out there is potentially an opportunity to be found lacking or wanting. Right. And, and that can be, I'll say, disempowering and paralyzing for some. Carol Dweck, on the other hand, says, you know, the fixed or the growth mindset, on the other hand, is, I'll say, the better mindset. Wherein one believes that, hey, I may have certain abilities now, but every time I put myself out there, this notion of stepping forward into growth um, versus back into comfort and safety is the better option. Because every time you do that, you, you have that ability to grow. Um, and that's really what things are about. So, so two quotes, totally. right, again, from Abraham Maslow. You will either step forward into growth or back into safety. So we've mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of the things that we talked about is, you know, self-actualization as being at the pinnacle, right? So again, we bring Maslow to the fore and say, hey, you yeah, know, he's growth, got some of the decisions. Growth is change and change is scary. Change is hard. I mean, That's even, even if it's, you know, going to make a better life, better mindset, anything is just change is difficult. So I think that's a pretty interesting no, I've never seen that um, quote before from Maslow, but 
safety, comfort of safety, even if you hate it. That's, that's pretty crazy what we'll do. Well, I mean, it it really is. I'll say against human nature. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, people are like, man, I don't want to put myself out there. Right. So I'll, I'll, another quote, the successful warrior, we're talking about the warriors of sin, right? So the successful warrior is the average man with laser like focus. So who is this philosopher? Bruce Lee. <laughs> so that so that's Bruce Lee. The last thing I'll say with regard to you know quotes and 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 mindset from from Carol Dweck, and I think this is a pretty important mantra. I never fail. I either win or learn, and that is Nelson Mandela. So it's this notion that even if you fail, it's not a failure. If you, if you learn from that failure, and right. I think that's very empowering. So speak to that brother, you know, in, in regard to your military. Well, career. so like I'd gone into the military, pretty much straight basic training, straight into warrant officer candidate school and right into flight school. So pretty weird way to get into the army, but suddenly I'm less than a year in and I'm learning how to fly helicopters and it's not going well. You know, I came there as a pilot of airplanes and I knew how to fly. Um, but I get around these helicopters and I felt really comfortable at an airport. I felt comfortable with the radio and talking about things, but this darn thing, I could not hover. My dad I, used to say, and he was in a, he was in the coast guard and flew in planes, but he said, uh, the pilots that he spoke to said flying a helicopter is like balancing an egg on a toothpick. Yeah. It's, at first I was just like, man, I just, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this. And I, inter- my internal thoughts were just like, I'm never getting this. I'm never going to get this. I made a big mistake by coming here. And my instructor pilot and all of the instructor pilots were all these old Vietnam guys. And man, these guys, they had the iron guts because they would let this helicopter get way out of control. I mean, I'm going all over the sky in all directions. And they just go, oh, let's go ahead and get it to a hover. And then finally, I'm like, take the helicopter from me. And they just look like one finger can bring it to a hover. And you just look at them like, how in the hell did you do that? And they just say, time and opportunity. Time and opportunity. That's what he kept saying to me over and over and over. And I'm like, this is never going to happen for me. I just, and then one day, you know, he's like, pick it up to a hover. And I'm like, yeah, right. That's, you know, that's the whole thing. I can't pick it up to a hover. So and he's like, all right, now taxi forward. And then I'm like, yeah, right. I, I, I don't know how to do this. And actually I was doing it this whole time. And it was my first time. So I, I could not believe that I finally made that hover. And, uh, the whole part of it was is how bad I wanted to do it, you know, and how uncomfortable I was willing to get to get there. And, um, but anyway, just the, that helped enable uh, more of a growth mindset because I didn't expect to be able to do that. And then the next steps in the helicopter, the next maneuvers that I can do on them, the next maneuvers I can do right. them based off that, you know, beginning stage of a hover. Right. And in that juncture where you're, just learning to hover. Did you ever conceive of being able to do, I'm sure, all the maneuvers they'd have you do later and you're like, there's just no way? Yeah, like next thing you know, I'm putting Blackhawk helicopters into, you know, small walled compounds with wires and and it's like, yeah, no, going from, I thought I would never figure out a hover to these unbelievable night, you know, night vision goggles and dust everywhere and time on target. Yeah. I mean, no, I didn't expect that. So growth mindset, you know, and I, it, it, I, I didn't know what I was doing. This was like something that happened as I grew along, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see these words on paper now and see what those all meant in That's retrospect, right. you know? 
Collective training. Yep. No, so I'll say relating to the lean startup, you know, another book, not mental health focused, more like building organizations, right? Yep. Eric Reese, he talks about uh, the minimum viable product, right? Putting forth the minimum viable product and not being paralyzed by this notion that, oh, it's got to be perfect. Right. And if it's not perfect, well then, you know, geez, why bother? You know, the, the, the converse of that is if you put so much time and money into something and it doesn't achieve product market fit, then, you know, you fail abysmally because you've expended a whole lot of resources that just are not ideal. So his concept of the minimum viable product as a means of experimentation, right? Really just in essence to learn. You know, so I'm going to put myself out there. I know it's going to be suboptimal, but that's okay. And then I'm going you know, to learn, I'm going to iterate, improve. and I'm just going to get better and better. The product that's market fit's going to get closer and closer. And that's just a good mentality. You know, it, it's kind of almost like, uh, you know, theory, not theory construction per se, but hypothesis testing is, I believe, the way he characterized it. So I thought that was, again, powerful. I mean, not only, you know, some utility there, you know, conceptually, but then also from like a motivational standpoint, you're like, it's all right to fail. You don't have to be perfect as long as you learn something from it. So yeah, I think it's powerful. So next. Um, it's a good lead into it. Lou Holtz was saying. That's right. Notre Dame football coach. So the acronym he uses, win, what's important now? Not tons to be said about that, but he'd always ask his players, you know, all throughout the day and all throughout practice or all throughout the game, you know, what is important now? What are you focusing on now? And it's, I'll say seemingly oversimplistic, but very powerful and elegant in its simplicity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in that, hey, there's a million things that you can be focusing on, but what is important now? And it may be different at different junctures. You know, it might be, hey, in practice, I got to get stronger. During the game, the next play. At home, maybe it's, you know, wife and kids, whatever it might be. You know, and what I like about it is that you can control what you can control right now. And, and, Everything outside of that, you just got to let it go because nothing I can do about that. And, and there's just some kind of, I don't know, it's empowering to me to say, I can take action right this second and it's going to get me the direction where I want to go towards my goal, towards my end state, whatever that may be. And instead of just standing there, like thinking about it, worrying about it, I can actually do something again. Every time I, I just love the stuff that gives me an, a solution a tool, a solution, and a way to, you know, practice my way out of it. And so I, that's kind of what I love about this. Uh, what about now? What can I do? Is there anything I can do about it now? Not really. So don't stress. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. So, you know, my kid plays football. I'm like, you know, assistant coach. Not that I'm a football player by any stretch, but no. So, I mean, if a play doesn't go well and he's the, he's the QB, you know, so if he throws a, an interception or something, you can tell he's a competitor and he gets all worked up. Oh, yeah. All the players do. If they miss, if they miss a pass or something, it's the same thing. You can see them beat themselves up. And, you know, what we constantly remind them is, hey, that, that's done. You know, what's the next play? What's important now? You yep. know, what, what is that's all you can control? What's done is done. And it's, it's simple. It's simple in concept, more difficult in execution, certainly, you know, especially when, you know, it's a competition and, and winning is at hand or losing for that matter. So, mm -hmm. but still, you know, a, a very important rubric, you know, and then we talked about related to that, the reticular activating system. All right. So what's important now, what you focus on, right. 
what we focus on increases, right? So if you're focusing on positivity, what you're going to do, positive stuff, it increases. If you're focusing on negativity, you get more of that. You right? just see it everywhere. It's, a, yeah. it's an NLP, neuro-linguistic programming concept as well. And it just so happens, you know, we've got uh, Chuki Yacobi, you know, former Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowler that uh, from time to time volunteers his time very generously and teaches uh, NLP, you know, basic instructions is what he calls it. That's the name of his company, um, Mind Mastery. And uh, that's one of the things that he'll talk about all the time is, is, you know, what you focus on, you get more of. So focus on good stuff. Focus on positivity. Totally makes sense. I mean. Absolutely. So. Next, Gabriel Oettingen's Rethinking Positive Thinking. And we've spoken to this, I believe, in a previous episode. But it's worth, <laughs> it's worth elucidating again. So her concept of WHOOP, right, which is wish, outcome, obstacle, plan, right, is, is the construct that she uses. Because in her research in positive thinking, um, what she's come to find is that the very, I'll say, overly, naively optimistic Pollyannish, oh, just visualize positive things and everything's going to be fantastic. And that's usually not the case because invariably life gets in the way and there's some sort of obstacle. And what she and her research found is the difference between those that, you know, achieved success and those, those that didn't, that, you know, failed abysmally was this notion of what she calls mental contrasting. And I'll say the keys to mental contrasting in part of that rubric are envisioning the obstacles. Hey, what's going to get in your way? What are, the, what are going to be the impediments to action, right? And then the plans associated with, all right, well, when I do encounter obstacles, what are my multiple plans for circumventing those obstacles? So you and I, we've had long conversations about, that, about yeah. About the military, you know, yeah. between contingency planning and pace, primary, alternate contingency, emergency. We had that in the special forces, commos, LZ, PZs, all of it. And then you were talking about, you know, risk assessment. So speak, speak to that. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about this, again, is that it's action. You're taking direct action on something. And again, I'm all about those kind of action things. And I was looking at this stuff and it's like, this is like, like an army risk assessment before, before going out on a mission. That's right. You know, an aviation mission is what I'm used to, but what we would do is we'd sit there and what's the goal? What's the commander's intent? What are we doing? What's our mission? What the heck is happening? And we'd very clearly write that out. And a lot of times it was in orders and things already done, but it was really important to know what that was. And, you know, the outcomes like, exactly. What are we supposed to achieve at this? What, you know, the commander's intent, two levels above me. What, what, are the, what are we trying to do? What are the bigs? And then what are the obstacles? What are the hazards that we're going to run into? And then right. implement controls into those things so that we can get around them. That's and right. then at the end of that, we, um, we would then supervise. So we'd say we'd put the right crew together like because we go, oh, man, this could happen. And that, this crew member hasn't experienced that yet. So we need to put them with a really hot guy on that. Or we move it all around. We do all these things thinking of all these different ways. And what we do is we take something that was a high risk mission and we've just turned it into, you know, like kind of a low risk mission because of the pre thinking and all the actions we took before takeoff. Um, and so I don't know, I, when I was reading this, 
it's like that that's what this is i mean it's a it's a risk assessment for your life and your mental wellness it's, it makes sense to me like crazy that's right so with the risk a lot of people i think believe for those that you know aren't, aren't in the military think oh my god you know militaries, you know, super risk takers and all of that stuff. And it's a risky, dangerous business, especially in a flying aircraft, as you know, better than anybody. But I'm not going to say the military is risk averse, but they're very fixated on mitigating risk and taking prudent risk. I mean, it's a risky business, lives at stake, no doubt. But it certainly isn't, you know, foolhardy execution, throwing caution to the wind and saying, hey, come what may. It's like we try to squeeze out as much uncertainty and as risk we possibly can, as, yeah. as you possibly can, which again speaks to envisioning what the obstacles are, you know, taking those mitigating measures and the whole risk assessment piece. And that was a great, you know, I'll call it a metaphor, right? Um, you know, in terms of this rubric and the army yeah. rubric, but, you know, you'd look and say, all right, this is the operation that we're going to conduct. It could be training. It could be, a, you know, an operation. Um, what are the likely risks that we're going to see or experience? And then what is it that we need to do? Yeah, to mitigate those risks as much as possible. And before the commander would sign off on that, he'd want to see, okay, what are the measures that you have in place? Right. So in essence, it, it, it takes this particular model, this mental model, whoop, and turns it, turns into, it into a tool and an a action. tool or doctrine yeah. or whatever it might yeah, be. Exactly. So, uh, no, I think that's, that was a, that was a good insight on your part. No doubt. Seeing the relevance, you know, seeing the, uh, the, the similarity there. Um, now, so, you know, one of the notes that I made is, you know, pre-commitments and coping ahead in CBT and dialectical behavior therapy as well. It's anticipating ooh, what's going to go wrong right. and well up front saying, all right, hey, these are the measures that I'm going to take. You know, the other one was the uh, if-then implementation intention. And I believe that similarly is attributed to Gabriel Odenjin, I think. Um Wherein, you know, much like Boolean logic and computer programming, right? If this were to happen, you know, this risk or this obstacle, then I'm going to do this with all of your contingencies. So you're adequately prepared. And I'm sure her contention is if you've not done that planning and anticipation of when faced with that obstacle, it doesn't become if this happens, okay, then, well, I'm going to do this or this or this. Like if you, you've mentioned before, when you see the red lights in the cockpit, yeah. you're like, this isn't good, but I've been through this before. I do this. I pull these levers, push, the, push yeah. these buttons, you know, do whatever. I mean, if you've never been drilled that way or you've not anticipated that, you're paralyzed. You're like, yeah, oh my God, I thought story. everything was going to go perfectly. I thought everything was going to go my way. And that is just not. That's why this stuff just makes realistic. a lot of sense. There's tools, there's rubrics. I like to use that word. Um, and it's just like, I know our audience is people who are in the, the game of even being a veteran or that you're in the you know, medical space, you're in um, fire or whatever, and you, these things make sense to you. But if, if you're somebody who's not, I mean, a lot of this stuff takes some of our terminology out of it, and it still makes a ton of sense just to plan your life ahead. Go Like if I run into my Uncle Billy, I know that he always kind of grab my ear and it's going to hurt, so I just will... Stay on the other side of the room and yell at him and run out. The, you know, you come up with a plan. It's called to, coping ahead. Yeah, coping right. ahead. Coping you know, ahead, I mean, man. this is good stuff. But right. I know we exactly. speak, say a lot of stuff in, so that our target audience understands us. But right. it's, um, it makes a ton of sense to me. It, yeah. it helps me think of these things in these right. weird ways that I, it just sticks really well for me. Now, yeah. It, I mean, again, a good mental model, 
you know, things that are easily, I'm not going to say easily implemented, but remembered. Yeah. So the last thing, just, you know, keeping things going. So we talked about mindfulness, right? And it's intention, attention, and attitude. So I'll say the last tool in the toolkit that we'll speak to, you know, for this, you know, for this episode, right, is being mindful of your intention, right? So whether that's in a meditation practice, uh, a personal interaction, a task, whatever it might be, be mindful of, you know, the intent behind it. Why am I here? What am I doing right now? I say that because so much of your life is on autopilot and you could be sitting with somebody like, you know, I'll speak for myself, my kid. And my mind wanders and I'm like, oh, versus, no, you know, I want to spend some quality time or make a meaningful moment with my kid, you know, versus just, oh, what's for dinner (laughs) or whatever, you know, and making the most of that moment. So that intentionality, that intention is very important, right? The next is, you know, attention, right? And that speaks to, again, being, being present and same thing. When people are distracted, driven to distraction, or as we've said before, ruminating about the past. You know, we say, you know, regret and depression lies in the past. Why did this happen? Anxiety lies in the future. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Whereas if you realize, hey, the only thing I can control is the present moment, right? right? Or as Marcus Reyes will say, is your own reasoned thoughts, you know, in the present moment. Once you realize that, it brings your full attention to the task at hand. And, and you know, again, that is very empowering. And it might it be is. a blinding, blinding flash of the obvious, but quite frankly, most people don't stick with that. Lastly is attitude. You know, and that's something that most people don't think about. It's just like, well, hey, it's just emergent. Your mood, your mental state, your emotional state, you know, is just something, you know, it is what it is. It just happens. I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. I'm sad, whatever it might be. When in fact, you, you actually have more, again, say in that as well. So um, I'm going to quote Oprah, right? So she says, you are responsible for the energy you bring into the room. And when you think about that, it's like, well, that's very powerful because you're right. Again, it's empowering, but uh, at, at the same time, so we talk about in Warriors Ascent, empowerment and ownership. So on one hand, it's empowering, but on the other hand, there's a level of ownership, like you're responsible and responsibility. You're responsible for the energy that you bring into the room. Yeah. So bring good energy for that matter. Um, yeah. Uh, we have our, our CBT guru is Anna. And she usually on Monday, when we, you go to the cohort, spends five hours drilling you on some CBT. Um, and one of the things she said, I, was, I had the opportunity to hang around with her. We went to a speech event and... Uh, she gave a talk on CBT and somebody had was being irritating. I can't remember what the deal was. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't believe that person. And she's like, well, I don't let anybody be in charge of my emotions. That's right. And the way she looked at me and said that, I was like, that is just, I mean, that's pretty f- cool. You know, I mean, that's, I've been thinking of that every time I'm like driving a car again, cause I'm still terrible at road rage, but it's like, yeah, that person's not in charge of my emotions. Right. Well, see, Viktor Frankl, he wrote the book. He was, you know, a uh, Holocaust survivor, right? He was, I think, either a psychiatrist or psychologist before being in, you know, one of the camps. But he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And that was, I'll say, one of the biggest overarching concepts. And that is, you, you, that's the one choice that nobody can take from you is how you're going to respond. How you're going to respond to, you know, a stimulus or stimuli, 
Right? That's right. So that it's the one last thing that you can truly control is how you're going to respond. So, all right. So just to kind of wrap up, brother. So the key takeaways, growth versus fixed mindset. So of course, we would recommend having a growth mindset, right? So either win or learn, right? So win, what's important now, borrow that from Lou Holtz, right? So always be focused on, all right, what is it that I need to do right now? The needle movers, right? And it speaks to prioritization. So whoop, right? Wish obstacle, or I'm sorry, wish outcome obstacle plan, right? And the concept of mental contrasting, right? You need to butt that plan up against reality. And if you do that and you have the requisite contingency planning, you're, you're, you have a, har, a, a, higher, a far higher rate, yeah. probability of success. Yeah. Exactly. And then lastly, I'll say mindfulness, right? So it's intention, attention, and attitude. And always just have that in mind, you know, with every thought, every interaction, you know, every activity. So yep. with that said, uh, thanks so much. Like us, subscribe, all of that. And we'll see you next episode. Right, brother? All right. Good done. Good job. Hi. Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsdescent.org.